Stupid Hearts Club is yours to enjoy for free wherever you get your podcasts. But if you've fallen deeply in love with the show, or me, even though that's a bit weird because we've never met, then you might want to consider supporting the show via patreon.com forward slash stupid hearts club for about five or a month you can indulge in your sick little fantasy that i am your very own little audio husband friend without ever having to deal with the fact that in real life i leave socks and half drunk glasses of water everywhere either way i'm very happy you're here so please enjoy the show Welcome to the Buskin Chronicles, brought to you by Stupid Hearts Club, and introducing this week's amazing guests, rotating jazz combo that I found on the seafront, Beached Brass. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Nico Tatarovich, and you are listening to the Buskin Chronicles, which is one of two extra bonus podcast series that I've got in my Patreon over at um, patreon.com forward slash stupid hearts club. Now, this episode I'm going to put out um, in the wild for free so that you can hear what it is. Um, Also out there at the moment for free is the first episode of my other bonus podcast series, Tea and Empathy. And I put um, one episode of that out into the wild for free last week. But um, subsequent episodes of these particular formats will only be available to my lovely patrons who um, support me by giving me around a fiver a month over at patreon.com forward slash stupid hearts club. In case you don't know what Stupid Hearts Club is, that is my weekly podcast where I talk to funny people, comedy guests, writers, and so on. But there's a lot of love growing through my enrichment of the Stupid Hearts Club universe by making these extra special bonus member-only um, series. And I've got to say, they are both bringing me deep joy, and they are totally worth coming to check out. So, anyway, this particular episode, which is episode two of the Buskin Chronicles, is um, is something that will live with me for a very long time. Uh, just as, only a week or two after me and my new producer friend, Ollie, had had the idea of me um, chronicling my own very real um, light, late life musical renaissance you know having having put music away for for a long time I wasn't doing it outwardly to you know in front of anyone for a long time and I just thought I'm not doing that anymore I've revitalized my love of playing in public and it's and it's making me see lots of other musicians and talk to other musicians and so then yeah we had the idea of making this podcast where we chronicle whatever adventures I'm getting up to by just being back into music. So there I am, minding my own business, and I, I literally came across these guys, which I do tell you about in the episode, so I won't repeat myself, but it's a beautiful thing. I somehow ended up on a Tuesday morning in Hove 
in a rehearsal room. I thought I was just going to be meeting like the main guy that um, th that is the glue in the band and that that um, that started the band who play who plays the tuba. I thought he was going to come along and possibly maybe a drummer. In fact, what happened was a whole jazz band turned up and we had a joyous conversation and then we played some music together and I've got to say it was one of the happiest days I've had in a very long time and then it even ends with an unexpected extra special twist so stay tuned and please enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to Stupid Hearts Club, The Busking Chronicles, Episode 2. Now, for the benefit of the type, today I find myself in a, in a, in a rehearsal studio. Uh, one week after I was walking down the seafront in Hove and heard an amazing sound coming up from the beach and I came up with my uh, fold-up chair and I plonked myself in front of them and watched them for about half an hour and they are called Beached Brass. Is that right? That's right. And Beach Brass is, how, how would you describe Beach Brass? Please introduce yourself. I've got Gabriel here from Beach, uh, Beach Brass. I'm Gabriel Garrick. Yeah. And in Beach Brass, I largely play this sousaphone, which is a tuba. Ah, yes. Which you I was wear. wondering what that's called. Sousaphone. It was commissioned by Philip Sousa, or was it, yeah, Philip Sousa, the March writer, to uh, create an instrument, well, to make the tuba into something which was practical for marching for two reasons, to be portable and for the sound to come out forward rather than up. All oh, right. Anyway, it got appropriate. So that was around and 18, when, whatever, 1860s, 70s, these things were made for marching bands specifically. And when you say portable. Kind of Civil War age, you know. When you say portable. You wear it. You, well, you're basically in it, aren't you? You're in like, it, like yeah. a Like a sort of rubber ring. Absolutely correct. And uh, that's quite a thing. It's an amazing thing, but yeah, it's a it's a discussion entirely into it, onto itself. So yeah, yeah. But, so um, so that that was born out of the need to march with an instrument, basically. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas all the other instruments, it's just like you carry them. Correct. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What What's another marching only instrument? Probably the the big bass drum that you have that you wear like a bra. <laughs> Well, yeah, it would Where's, be, yeah, but I mean, yeah, you've got to remember also with with you to bring in percussion instruments. You've got to remember the the, the drum kit is a modern appropriation yeah. of all percussion instruments. Of course, right, yeah. So they all existed sort of in an orchestral context, and then they've just been put on some metal work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we have a drummer here. If if Gabriel, if you could pass the mic for a second. Pass the mic. Uh, we've got a drummer here, which is a mate. Like you know, I've got to say, I did not ever expect within two episodes of the Busking Chronicles to be in a room with a, an entire band. This is amazing. So, uh, what's your name, Mr. Drummer? Hi, I'm Joe. Um, Hi, Joe. I, yeah, I play drums and get around doing all sorts of different styles of music. And this is kind of a great opportunity just to express myself and not have any sort of obligation to do what's expected of me and I can just learn tunes or yeah. fly. And so do you drum in other bands and play other music or is this like your main outlet? Yeah, I, I mostly I mostly find myself playing jazz at the moment right. um, just because that's that's where all the gigs are for me and, uh, mm -hmm. and I, I kind of like the fact that I get to play with loads of different musicians and from all different backgrounds, different levels of experience in 
all sorts of environments. Right. So when I saw you guys in the street, well, not the street, the beachfront, which was just amazing. And I did a video of that, which I will put up in Patreon, but also I'll put it up on, uh, on Instagram because it was it, it was it turned out really well there's like one that's about a minute and 40 seconds it's like you get a pretty good slice of what you guys are about were you were you on one of the drums that day yes i was which, which so i can remember there was there was someone holding a bass drum and separately there was someone on the snare i think you swapped actually yeah so me and milo have been doing this for quite a while now and and we kind of just take it in turns we have a bit of a system one of us gets fed up with the bass drum then we just swap round and so. it felt it felt it was something mesmerizing about watching like you said like drums were all what they always existed and they always would have been separate right different people playing different part of the beat yeah but I hadn't really thought about that before. So when I was watching you on the front, I was like, all right. So like one guy's the kick drum, the other one's the snare, and they're just locked in together. And and it's there's something about it that feels different from the same person. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, you know, so is, is, the, is that... What other types of music might have that going on in it? I mean... Everything pre-drum kit. Salsa, samba, Latin, tribal music. Right, yeah, that- I mean, the, the music we play today we we just i suppose we're just used to seeing a drum kit as an instrument on its own and and ultimately there's no reason why it needs to be like that i suppose it's just a matter of convenience and yeah yeah i find it of imperative importance yeah to remind everybody that uh, music is made together different human beings individual human beings come together and they play music together so what you're you're talking about the difference when you have a bass drum player playing with a snare drum player is you've got two human beings two different wills Mm. locking in to create a groove this is of imperative importance if you have a one player doing it on a drum kit it's still it's one player Mm mm-hmm so, you don't want to come and see me gigging then, because I, I, I make beats on a computer and bass lines right. and then play along so to it, thank you just for so bring... I can make 200 quid in a brasserie. Right, well, thank you for saying that, Nico. Thank you for the confession, because sadly yeah. and tragically and devastatingly, that's what people are doing and thinking it's music. Yeah. It's not. It's music, but yeah. I would say if I was to write that word out, I would write it really small, that word music, which, yeah. which is to describe it yeah. to, and, and with no capital letters, whereas the yeah. music I'm talking about, where you've yeah. got lots of different people involved locking in and creating a feeling a vibe a groove that's music with capital letters you're right i I would consider what i do funnily enough when people say oh you're a musician i go i'm not a musician i like singing and showing off and i can strum the guitar but i'm i'm not a musician unless i'm playing music with other people then it's like oh we're being musicians and i would say the same yeah playing instruments on your own is not really playing music it's it's practicing in order to be able to when you get together that's that's a pretty good way of putting it, I would say. So, did you start Beached Brass, Gabriel? I did indeed. When was that? 2018. Really? Yeah. So that's fairly new. And yeah. you, you clearly, like, because you're, I can tell you're like a dyed in the wool musician. You must have done lots of projects before. I'm very dyed in the wool. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what made you dye your wool? <laughs> oh God. Oh, it's very hard to pot it all. Michael Garrick. Google him. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to say. Michael Garrick. Yeah, Google Michael Garrick. He was a jazz pianist, composer, innovator, band leader, educator, spiritually driven man uh, to bring what we know as jazz, which is basically the largest folk music movement the planet has ever seen, which has um, 
informed every bit of music that everybody listens to now, no matter how electronic it is. Mm-hmm. The what they're trying to do with that electronic music comes from the what what happened in uh, the southern states of America, notably New Orleans, um, after emancipation, mm-hmm. and there was this great surge of freedom and liberation of mu- movement for people who were hitherto enslaved yeah. uh, by other people who would seek to control them, yeah. um, and they discovered who them who they were, and we're not talking just but most significantly Africans. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Creoles, we're talking about the European people involved, the Spanish, the French, uh, the Portuguese, and the English, of course. And New Orleans is the gumbo pot of it all, which yeah. means melting, uh, mixing, melting, mixing pot mm. of all these styles and cultures, which... And so the human impulse within comes out and wants to play music. Every single person loves that, and that's how this music came about. Blues, jazz, soul you know, um, spirituals, call and song, things from the plantations, slave songs, obviously, because that's how they kept their spirits up. It all came into the pot, which we now call jazz and became rock, popular music, you know, R&B, Blues Brothers, Mm. blah, blah, right up to date, as I say, to to anything else, everything else. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think like anyone who loves music, if you don't kind of know that, even if you don't know the history, like I don't know the history like you do, but you've, if you've got to know where this where this all comes from, yeah. Uh, and I think it's one of the reasons why, when 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 music and the musical family is doing what it should be doing, it feels like nobody should be judging anyone for what they're into because we all know that it all comes from one place and everyone owes everyone else a debt of gratitude right absolutely correct you know what i mean and when i hear people when i hear people being snobby about music or uh partisan if you like Mm. i'm like what are you talking about Mm. you know all of us are appropriating something that you know it's an incremental journey of it evolving uh but there's you can't argue about where where it started or where it came from because you know it just is what it is um so I, I noticed when we chatted the other day, Gabriel, and it was like, okay, just really, really quick call, and then you spoke for about 18 minutes. <laughs> and uh, I learned a bunch of stuff. I'm famous for that. Yeah, <laughs> I, can, I, I get that. I get that from you. Um, unapologetically. Yeah, absolutely unapologetically. <laughs> yeah, quite rightly so. But uh, what, what struck me was... Um, because I said something and you you were you sounded like you were really pleased I'd said it and I was I was I was noticing your passion for this particular kind of music and that uh you started talking about what you see as a sort of mission that you're on yeah uh would you like to sort of talk talk about that a little bit well I'll go back to my dad that's where I'm from Michael Garrick who basically was was born into the seed the flower bed which is this country you know <laughs> Hundreds of years of repression um, and uh, rule, Victorian, you know, overthrows. He was born in 1933, just prior to the Second World War, where there was no real freedom at all, you know, whatsoever. Everybody's very much under the behavior, you know, it's, it's all psychological, this stuff. But if you search yourself, oh, listeners, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And the, the, the thing about the war, one of the greatest upshots of the war was that, um, well, the only one really, 
was that it, it mixed up people again throughout the world and the Americans brought over their music and, and at the same time radio was, was available and things were being broadcast. My dad heard Boogie Woogie and big bands of Glenn Miller and Harry James and Benny Goodman mm-hmm. on the radio. Uh, like a lot of others, there, he wasn't in isolation. You know, Johnny Dankworth, Ronnie Scott, Tubby Hayes. Um, you know, there's a lot of names in, in, in all over the world and those are the ones I can think of at the moment in England who heard this music and just... Uh, again, because it's a human impulse, which is natural, we're bitten, literally bitten by it uh, or something. That's the way I see it. This music latched onto them like a bloody piranha and didn't let go. Yeah, they wouldn't. Allow, they didn't even try and fight it off. They had to pursue it because of the freedom that it uh, made them feel. Mm. And that is really so. He self-taught. You know, he listened to music on the re- and, and taught himself tunes and how to access that feel. Now that's the tricky bit. The feel. Yes, that's the tricky bit because you don't get that off any page. No. You can't teach anybody else that. You can't you can't even talk about it. You can't show you can only show it and demonstrate it, and you can only attempt to be that thing yourself by listening to what it is you want to feel like. Mm. There's no real it's not complicated, it's ridiculously simple. Mm-hmm. It's rather like anything else that's of deep truth. Mm. It's ridiculously simple yet people that it's very tempting to uh, overcomplicate for myriad reasons which I won't go into now I haven't got time. Um but so he he basically forged his career. Like I say, you want to know more about that? Either get his book *Dusk Fire*, the autobiography of him, his autobiography that he wrote, and Google him. But suffice to say, he became very you know a noteworthy and noticeable individual in his own right as, as a jazz terrible word look that up to mm. jazz musician in this country um writing uh, don rendell in car quintet which was really one of the best modern jazz bands this country's ever seen in the 60s uh, he wrote jazz choral cantata works poetry and jazz movement with spike lee danny absey laurie lee in the early 60s and then you know through i came along in the early 70s and obviously was um I had a lovely flower bed, that's all mm. I can say. So you grew up on it, obviously. Absolutely. But were you were you immediately picking that up? Absolutely. So you've been playing this music all your life? Not this music that we're playing today. Yeah. No. Instrumentally, no. for me, this is of paramount importance because <laughs> even though I had that incredible background, mm-hmm. it wasn't until I was 42 years old when I first visited New Orleans ah, that right. I realized that there's such a deficit of what we consider to be jazz music in this country still. I mean, an incredible deficit. Mm-hmm. As my father remarked to me in 2008 in one conversation, isn't it, isn't, isn't it worth contemplating, Gabriel, where jazz came from and what it's about and where it now largely resides? Yeah, yeah, that was it. That was that, That's what we talked about, yeah. And that bites me now because, you know, there is a mission. There's the, the, Because it's not bad, you know, that it resides with people who have... Well, this is the sticking point, isn't it? It's, mm. it's all about... Uh, what's the word? Opportunity. Mm. You know, people that have opportunities are largely going to access it more because it's within the institutions where you have to have means. Yeah, yeah. Like it's which, highbrow. <clears throat> it's highbrow. You have mm. to pay, don't you, to go and study it and stuff. Now, at this point, 
Yes. Ironically, jazz has become something that uh, people with uh, the means to enjoy well, what it. Well, I'm, what I'm saying is celebrate. that I, I realised, right, okay, so there's a few things. I, I was rehearsing with Dave Green yesterday, funnily enough, and we had this same conversation. He hasn't either been to New Orleans. My father never went to New Orleans. Right, I see. There's a lot of people that didn't go to New Orleans, and it's a visceral thing. Because for me, in, in simplicity, so I had all that lovely thing, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I knew about what jazz is supposed to be and and my you know from that perspective which i've just covered but when i went to new orleans and literally saw it living and breathing in the streets and not just jazz what we call swing and bebop and all that stuff which is all very pretty and nice but it's not the root of the music at all by any means whatsoever i can't overstate that enough because really that's where that's what that's where you get the problem in the institutions is that they kind of start there they start with the clever stuff you know right. which is really backward because it actually then makes it hard for you to get good so you, and and, <laughs> and is it do you mean like yeah the formal education of that stuff completely ignores the sort of folksy roots of it and Absolutely. what it's actually for completely amen yes so have you watched them so for example for like uh, um anyone listening who's a music fan but you know like jazz is on the periphery of what you sort of uh, spend time with so like i for example i uh Went went and watched the movie Whiplash. Right, <laughs> I'm glad you. I'm glad right. you brought that up because I literally watched that. Yeah. a couple of months ago because yeah. I felt I needed to. Yeah, I heard about it when it came out and I was avoided it because I knew it was shit. So I'm gonna yeah, I was gonna say I'm gonna I was gonna take a guess right, right. So I'll be honest, I watched that film. I was like, wow, this is really well made film. It's amazing. It's all about dedication, etc. etc. And 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 I and I, I wanted to understand what. You know, how talented have you got to be to have this incredible ear where within one strike of a, you know, of a symbol, it's like you're already the wrong tempo, not my tempo, not my tempo and all that. And so it's but it's funny because things like that, if you're a musician like I am or or aren't, then it's like that is why you're scared of music. Exactly. That's why I'm calling it shit, because that character is a demon. Yeah. And the trouble is with institutions and hierarchical nature of teaching things, it evokes the ego within the human being. And the human being then thinks he's something of authority, which is the death it is the ultimate death. Yeah, you're right. It's, a, it's like a dictatorship, isn't it? Rather That's than, the death rather of than life. Expression. Don't get me started. <laughs> religion, got you started, religion, Gabriel. Catholic Church, yeah. everything, kings yeah. and queens, yeah. governments, prime ministers, yeah. everything. Yeah. It's death. They're not leaders. They're yeah. puppets to themselves. Yeah, and controllers. There's no. There's, that's not. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's yeah, a yeah. fact. We're talking about mm. psychological fact. Mm-hmm. Once you allow the ego to get the better of you, and you can't walk out the door because your head's too big, you're fucked. Excuse yeah, yeah. the French. Maybe you edited that one out. No, no we're. I, I literally. Are we all good the on the podcast? I've not sworn. <laughs> <laughs> for about since I was about four. No, <laughs> 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 so it's very swearing. So podcast. I just want to sorry pick up on what I because the point about when I went to New Orleans and saw it living and breathing and like I say it's not just jazz it's blues it's you know guys just sitting on the corner of a street playing an instrument to the best of their ability and singing I remember one guy sticks in my head he was playing the trumpet on his own playing cheek to cheek you know Uh, I can't remember the words Mm. and it goes to the minor and it was obvious he didn't really know the form Mm. And he kind of like kept, you know, it was a bit, you know, hit and miss with the form of the tune. Mm -hmm. But my God, everything he played Mm. sounded and felt amazing. 
Because it was him? Because it was him. Yeah. He was putting 100% heart and soul into it. Yeah. He wasn't self-criticizing, obviously. Otherwise, that doesn't happen. You see, this will resonate with a lot of you listening. If you're musicians, you're, you know, you're down on yourself. Well, it's not good enough. I'm not good enough. When, are I, when am I going to be ready? When, can am I, when am I going to be good enough to actually you know, be able to, hear, to play like Charlie Parker or Dizzy? Well, you're not. Mm. Because you're not them. Yeah, yeah. And that's really what you haven't got in your life. You haven't, you haven't been allowed that. People haven't told you, be you. And so going back to New Orleans, he's one example, but you've got bands, man, the street bands, out of which the Rebirth have come, the recent ones, the recent big giants that the world knows about. Mm. The Rebirth, the Hot Eight, the Dirty Dozen. They're just basically kids who believe in themselves because the whole thing's still living and breathing in New Orleans from mm. 100 years ago. That are creating music and enjoying it, and so they're teaching themselves their own tunes. They're just making things up as they go on the streets, and that, you see that it is, for real. That is the joy of going anywhere where something originated, because yeah. the place isn't self-conscious about it. It's just it's us. Um, and mm. um, then when that mm. thing sort of is recreated somewhere else, you're trying to be them, aren't you? Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, it's a it's a really interesting subject. And again, that's that is the sort of chat that shouldn't make anyone. Because I know people that listen to my podcast who are also musicians who are secret or private or shy musicians. And it's not, forget the the whole thing about making it, getting big, or being a star. Because if you if you're still interested in that, then you oh, know yeah. no, yeah, there's something, that. there's something missing. Yeah, there's something missing yeah. in your soul, right? But if you're feeling like this love that you have for this thing that you do and you feel like it might sound good and that it's yours and there's a feeling and whatever. And I've got a very good friend who, I, who I'm who i going to be playing with when I do a night in a few weeks because I'm sort of like, I've basically gone, we're doing a night and you're playing with me and we're going to play some of your songs and my songs and do a couple of covers. Mm. And I've heard him before. He's done like one or two gigs, but he's like, he's so good. And mm. But it's like a barrier. Mm. So people will tinker. Yes and go it's not ready and yes. all that but really that's just it's just like well do it not ready that's right but what don't tinker that's the point yeah it's having some something has to give you know uh and that's what i'm finding really saddened me all my life and i re- recognize it now that i have to say it guys you know we've been repressed repressed you know the european people have been repressed for hundreds of years you've had your mm. music removed from you where is your folk music mm. where is your ability to go and sing with your neighbors why do you laugh at dad dancing why mm. why think about these things where's your music where's your self-belief because it's been kicked the hell out of you for hundreds of years by those yeah. who will rule you but it's time, time, brothers and sisters, to wake up and dance and sing and say, hey, hallelujah, to hell with you. I don't give a shit. You know, that, that's what basically this is. And that's why yeah. I wanted to create a kind of New Orleans brass band, because mm. I figured that that music as well, right? Mm. Jazz, oh, when the Saints, blues is, you know, it, it talks to everybody because mm. there's something viscerally human about it. There's something really basic which we can all communicate with talking about the music where it's from man that's the thing why i say jazz is the biggest folk music movement on the planet because actually it's all of ours that melting pot involved everybody yeah yeah. everybody on the planet apart from asians probably Mm. and even they were probably a little bit involved but you see what i'm saying yeah yeah absolutely yeah so and actually why not use these vehicles as a and it works it works uh, full stop so what and the the whole bit of like make this for the people again yes right? absolutely so that's literally what happened in my opinion 
I mean, you know, it does happen when something nice is going on in the street, people will stop. But that was the feeling I got. It was like I was drawn to it and I went, I had to come and sit down mm. and it was like, this is worth, wherever else I was supposed to be going, it's like, no, 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 no. There's, there's an important moment here and, and it was bringing people together and it was uh, real and it was loose and no one looked self-conscious or whatever. You were just like enjoying yourselves so like i that's salute you and well, uh thank you for noticing nico i well, salute you i mean because that's it job done that's and, and the I mission knew, because i knew i'd already done one episode of this which was with a solo female singer in manchester who, mm. who did a an amazing rendition in, a, in, a, in another one of these pirate studios in salford and she absolutely nailed this song that she's just brought out as a single mm. and it was just like this is amazing and it was only a couple of days after that I was back home and it was the first time where I was like, wait a minute, I'm in the street. That is some street performers. I'm now making a podcast. It's like, it couldn't be any better because like the contrast as well from the first episode to the second is is joyful because you are a group. Mm. And also a sort of fluctuating group, Absolutely. right? So like yeah. today we've got, can, can we do a sort of pass round on the mic now? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Hello there. Hi. What's your name, sir? Uh, I'm Mike. Uh, so I play trombone with Beach Brass. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So I actually just uh, I was thinking about what you just said about uh, the joy about about coming across us and kind mm. of um, I just wanted to say in terms of how this group works is that it's always been very much a whoever can come along yeah. and have a have a play. Uh, it's gone through some different iterations, but for me, uh, I co kind of started doing a couple of sessions when I was house sitting, so I was moving around quite a lot. Oh, right. So I wasn't able to make a lot, all of them. Yeah. Um, but then uh, when we had the pandemic, uh, I moved into Robertsbridge, which is about an hour from Brighton, which makes me local as far as being an Australian. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I was gonna, I was gonna mention that. Yeah. So anyway, uh, short story, uh, but. For me, we did a session after lockdown when they said, "Yes, you can meet." Yes, and it wasn't it wasn't ever about we're going to try and get people there as an audience. It was about us going and having this session that really uh, kind of repaired a lot of the things that we'd been feeling in lockdown. Oh yeah, and absolutely. Just, just getting out there and just it's it's a very spiritual kind of feeling when you start to play again with other musicians in the same room after not being able to do that for a while so yeah. for me that was like a really cathartic uh experience and you know the feeling of uh getting out on the street and or on the uh, seafront and you might play with uh these guys i've just met uh today so yeah. you know um so you've not met these guys no, before today well that's no, amazing so, in itself because i'm just like assume that you it's like uh you know every few days or whatever you're all together but it's more like it's almost like a sort of what street whatsapp groups like has anyone yeah, has of. anyone got a trombone and it's like yeah yeah pop in exactly right that's yeah, amazing so it, it's been um it's been good for me on a basis of because i work as a professional musician and among other uh roles in music and uh it's never been about oh how much am i getting paid for being here mm. or anything mm. like that we did try and uh increase our busking mm -hmm. uh, ca capacity at some point mm -hmm. but i felt like we, we kind of lost a little bit of mm. our essence which was us enjoying the music and yeah, yeah, sort of like we're here anyway if you like it and you want to contribute no. exactly so yeah. you know uh it's it's introspective but it's a outward mm. art form that everyone else can enjoy 
while we're enjoying it ourselves. I also feel like that even if it's mainly just people walking past, the joy you get from people, even if they're like, it's strange, isn't it? We're living in we're living in an era where there are hit songs that kids love, and then they go to the gig. There's there's a really famous video of a. A song that blew up massive on TikTok, and the audience only sing along for 15 seconds because that's the bit they know. One of the most depressing things you'll ever see. The beautiful version of that is walking past a street musician, and for like the three seconds that you're in front of that act, you wiggle, you put your thumbs up, or like I've had it where people go like they, they you know they touch their heart or whatever, or they stop and they and they sit down for a bit, and you're like, you're doing that for me, like that's. That's incredible, and obviously in a gig in a pub or wherever, that's still a, a compliment. People are people are enjoying it in their own way, and they're just chatting. And then, but then there's like, and the song's finished, and they know that they've got to do that. And so, it's it's quite good for a, for an ego. Compared, I can tell you now, compared to stand up comedy, which yeah. I, I did quite a bit of like a few years ago, but never really, never really got used to the anxiety around it. And then I realised that if I sing a song even if they didn't really care about it. Yeah. They clap, so like, yeah. I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, even trying to like beat that kind of side of an ego. Yeah. But but now like, you know, on a personal basis, uh, the journey has also included uh, a change in attitude born out of the lockdown era where I was like, why have I let this sort of die away so much in my life? You know, I love making music, writing songs, playing with people, whatever. And actually also my job, which is a, as a script writer, is absolutely fucked at the moment. And well, it's like, well, why don't I get off my ass and see if I can make a little bit of side money out of a thing I'm good at, which like, I know I'm all right at singing. So uh, my little challenge I've set myself is can I can I build up to making like 250 quid a week somehow gigs in pubs, bit of busking like that will fucking help me live. But also what I've realized as soon as I've gone down there and done it, the first time I bust, I set myself the target. It's got to be this week. And then it was like Friday and I hadn't done it yet. And it was windy and raining, and I was like, "I've got to do it." So I went and sat on the seafront near where you guys were playing, good in the wind with my my shirt flapping like that. Yeah. I had to have a peg on my uh, on the on the uh, pop shield, pop shield. You know what I mean? Uh, and I thought, "Fuck it, I'm doing it." So I sat there for four hours singing because I was so happy to be there. But there was like no one around, and it was raining, and I made three pound eighty eight. <laughs> but when I went into the to the Neptune pub. On Hove's, you know, just behind Hove Seafront at the end of it, I was like, half of this pint is from me singing, <laughs> like half a pint, but it really meant something to yeah, me, you yeah. know. Absolutely. So anyway, so uh, so I'm I'm absolutely intrigued with anyone who is hustling and doing music professionally or semi-professionally or whatever. So I will have a better week, a better day, if that day there's been an opportunity to belt songs out. Mm. And, and if I've enjoyed hearing it as well, if it sounded all right, like in the car is fine, but even if it's just a little rehearsal with this little amp I've got, yeah. with my headphones on in my flat, and I've got a bit of reverb on, I'm you know I'm away with the fairies, yeah, and yeah, that exactly. is like the best mindfulness, yes, thing. I, like and writing songs as well because yes. I've written songs for twenty odd years, and uh, you know 
there's the bit of you that goes, oh, I've got better at it, and those are a bit naive and whatever. But then it's also like a charted history of where your brain's been Completely right. Like, Absolutely. It doesn't matter what, who's seen as them and they, heard them and who hasn't. As they say, hasn't. the ancient dictum, know thou thyself. It's mm. the way in which you can do that. So who else do we have in the room? Hello. Hello. My name's Tom. I play the saxophone. Um, I'm literally new to this band. Same with yeah. Maria here. Right. But um, this is our second session with the band so that session you saw yeah. on the seafront that was like our first session oh wow so I've literally um, followed your entire career <laughs> yeah so far with this band I've got like a 100% yeah. record of time yep yeah, yeah, 100% attendance yeah, yeah, yeah. to whenever I've been with this band but um, yeah I've just recently moved back to the area and um, kind of met Gabriel at a jam session mm -hmm. um, as I've been kind of going to quite a few and Maria has as well are they like in pubs or in like yeah pubs yeah yeah? yeah, basically. I'd have to come and see yes. one of them. Yeah, you should come along. Does that ever happen in the Paris house, which is obviously one of the one of the great... I don't know if they have not. a jam there. No. They have got music no. going Brunswick. there. Brunswick. 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 Yeah. yeah, Brunswick's on tonight. Probably so. the best one. Is on tonight? tonight. Yes. Are you, yeah. are you guys going to be there? Yeah, we'll probably yeah. be there. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, we'll, we'll be there. I mean, what else are we going to do on Tuesday night? Exactly Amazing. Right. Uh, exactly, yeah. Go to, go to bed early? I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. What time's that? Um, uh, seven thirty till eight thirty. I will pop my. So head come in. along, even if it's just to listen. You know, yeah, you get loads yeah, of people yeah. listening. Amazing, um, and it's great fun. Yeah, and I met Gabriel there, and he was just like, "Come along," um, and I came along, and I had an idea of what it would be like in my head, but it, he was just like two p.m. on the seafront. Mm -hmm. Cool, I'll be there, <laughs> and um, yeah, it was pretty much exactly what yeah. I wanted it to be. That's amazing. Um, kind of having studied a little bit of jazz, it was kind of you know, kind of not, it was like, there was a big, like Gabriel was saying, there was a big kind of gap where we knew about this kind of music mm -hmm. historically and like factually, yeah. but like having not really played it and lived yeah. it. And um, so it's just great to be able to be doing So for you, that. it's like broadening your horizons. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's, it's the beginning of the music. So it's yeah, like yeah. completely essential. And it's kind of a shame that that's been swept under the rug. And are you a jobbing uh, musician or do you go out and do, is, is there other projects where you're out and doing other things? I mean, I'm, like, I'm getting to do stuff like that because I've just yeah. moved back into the area. But yeah, I'm, so I'm kind of building it up. But this is like one of the things I'm So you're like 100% sax? At the moment, yeah. 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 So I mean, I might get on some other woodwinds, but it probably a, it not. It's a <laughs> fascinating instrument. Yeah, 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 it's very cool. Um, um, I'm like the only... Oh, no, well, we had clarinets on, on the seafront. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, I remember, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I love the saxophone. I've been playing it for a little while now, but um, yeah, it's great to play Brilliant. it in this setup. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love the mission of this kind of band. Yeah. And I'm literally just learning. Like, we didn't really know any of the tunes before we turned up to the seafront and we just kind of learned them on the spot so that was kind of really enjoyable and so getting my head around it tuba keep forgetting the uh, the, the big name for it sousaphone trombone saxophone trumpet can we talk to uh mrs i was going to call you mrs trumpet then <laughs> sounds it's like maria, a character out of a, a character out of a kid's show what's your name mate so this is maria i play trumpet and Hi, flugel maria. and a load of other instruments and yeah. um i mean starting with beach brass like tom said literally on sunday was wow. uh quite the experience because like i've been brought up very very classically like i'm studying yeah. music at university and i've yeah. been like played piano since i was four and cello and i was six and then yeah. like doing very classical training up until literally a few years ago mm -hmm. when i started playing in um like a youth big band with the local yeah. music service yeah and then i left to go to university and i couldn't i couldn't join the big band there and i didn't really have time to go to jam sessions or anything like that so i was mm -hmm. like feeling like i was really missing something 
Yeah. And then um, while I was at university, my partner started going to loads of um, jam sessions around in Brighton. And when I got back, he was like, oh, you, you have to come with me. You absolutely have to come with me. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I'm not really good enough. I don't know what to do. And mm. then like since then, I've been going whenever we're here in the holidays, like every week, at least right. once, if not twice a week, maybe even like three times if there's mm. if there's one going on. And I found that it's been such a life affirming experience in so many ways, because especially with the New Orleans jazz, it's that in order to do it in a way that feels as joyful as it can possibly be, you have to do it with absolute conviction. There yeah. is no room for yeah. self-consciousness. There's yeah. no room for doubt. You have to completely believe what you're doing. And that's actually such a confidence boost to be able to do that. Yeah, and I it also it just feels, as well. it, it feels like, what's the right word it's like you it feels like you're all massively got a vibe of being accommodating to each other it's not like someone's going to turn around and scowl at someone for, yeah, yeah. for missing a bit in fact i think i think there was a couple of moments on the seafront where maybe someone made a mistake and you all chuckled and carried on like it didn't even break step there was just a really friendly little moment where there was a little oh what was that oh never mind also just a very quick aside on the movie whiplash <laughs> which is a um there's a quite well-known 27 minute long review of it on youtube really by a famous um bass player in New York called Adam Neely and he said the problem with it is that even though it's like a good film in terms of being well made and well shot and good script and um, what you notice about everyone in that film is that no one actually likes jazz in it like they're just yeah, yeah. like angry the whole time and sad yeah, and it's all yeah. about bang on, drive though. and anger and what pushes you but actually like he said his experience at a jazz conservatoire was um, people go to gigs all the time they listen and they have fun they say oh did you see this last night oh did you hear this yeah, and then yeah. oh let's look, listen to this together it's amazing it's absolutely killing so it was and actually then... harmful to jazz oh yeah and it's just I, and it... I can understand that yeah well i've i've got a very a very good friend called arnab uh, who's a stand-up comic he's a great guy and um i i remember i'd seen that film recently and then arnab posted an absolutely ev eviscerating is that the right word sure. uh review on facebook and it was very very funny because and he was just spelling out why it's a piece of shit like he was just like really really went for it and and it's always made me laugh um so it's like a little running joke i have with him about that movie and on a very practical point if you're bleeding while practicing you're not practicing right yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Like he, and also yeah. and also like he breaks a drum skin that's just not that that's not practical that's not okay a drum skin. well exactly yeah. so it's just it so in other words your techniques way off if if you yeah. if you're becoming in well playing anything or doing Doing any job, if you're bleeding, you're doing your job wrong. <laughs> I'll concede that I absolutely, I, I might love be a masochist. Playing, I love playing um, classical stuff. I love the music itself. I love playing with other musicians in chamber music, and also this. And then yeah. those things don't cancel each other out if you do them with the same motivation, which is to make music. Hello, Jovis. Yeah, let's let's bring Jovis into this. Um, another first for me today. I didn't you know of all the surprises of uh, ending up in a room with a band in the in the second ever episode of the Buskin Chronicles we have got a, a rather majestic dog friend with us called Jovis Jovis yes Jovis do you want to say anything Jovis well jo Jovis which is my yeah Jovis is is um oh, long the, the 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 very short introduction to Jovis is that he is my greatest teacher. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> well, I think I think that wraps up the conversational part of this session. Um, let's let's have a little break and then we'll set up and play some music. Uh, 
interesting conversation about jazz than I ever thought I'd have in my life. Not nothing against jazz, I just don't know much about it. And uh, literally as as this conversation was happening in the room, I could feel myself thinking, this podcast idea is so the thing that I need to be doing with my life. This is amazing. I can't wait to meet all sorts of other musicians and get lots of points of view and because it's so di- people think so differently about music. Anyway, what what you're about to hear is me joining in for the very first time with a super cute jazz band, including the dog Jovis.
that anymore. Fantastico. Fantastico. Oh, beautiful. Fantastico. I'm to be a part of that, actually. Yeah. That was amazing. tell you joining in that morning with those two old jazz tunes which I had to I had to like quickly uh, get up the words in the days leading up to it and listen to some stuff that I don't usually listen to and I, I god I loved it now by the way there's a wonderful rendition of down by the riverside that's got like Elvis Johnny Cash and like other cool people that I've now forgotten. Go and find it on whatever streaming service you use, or perhaps the internet. Anyway, what happens next blew my mind. I had mentioned that I kind of like I've got a song that maybe might sound all right with you guys, uh, but we hadn't. We we talked so much and we played so much that there was only fifteen minutes left before we were kicked out of the rehearsal room. So I just asked, "Can we just try one of my songs?" This song came from you know Elvis's song, "You're the Devil in Disguise." Yeah. So that whole. Well, sing it. Just do the whole thing to us. We'll listen to it. We'll soak up. Come on, baby. Said I wasn't gonna cry. Love your words on this. They're beautiful, man. Sorry to interrupt. These <laughs> words of it, they're really good. Yeah. They're really good. Really good. It's only some I know I've heard it. Sorry, it's I, I, good I, I, start. I, good start. I like it. Said I wasn't gonna cry. Wouldn't stop it even if I tried. Wonder if she's ever gonna come for me. Wonder if she'll ever come to my party. I keep my head held high. Keep dropping, baby, I can't lie. Doing what I'm doing with a dead man's stare. My heart's still beating, but there's no pulse there. She knows I'm here. I'm holding back my fears. Using her is the sum of all my fears Wonder if she's ever gonna come for me Wonder if she's 
to my party At the back of my mind Go from the top Basically those are the components Go Losing her. 
literally one of the happiest moments of my life and I am absolutely going to make sure that I properly record a version of that song with those guys as soon as I can what was interesting about that is that musically the idea behind Stupid Hearts Club as a music project is that it's not a band it's a club and don't have a band it's it's whoever sounds right on a song Capture an experience, go and stay the night with someone. No, that sounds a bit weird. Go, go and spend like a few days with someone, record a few songs. If they like the song and they and they want to help create it, I humbly accept that whatever comes out of that experience, that recording session, that weekend, whatever it is, that is that, is that song. And in the end, that might make for a quite an interesting little compilation album of my own songs as um, as arranged and played with whoever latches onto that song and says they want to work with me so I'm really excited I'm really excited now about doing that because this is the most um, incredible you know the, the most incredible sort of version of what I've always imagined Stupid Hearts Club to be is is what just happened there, which is a song that I've heard on my own many many times and played and sort of got I've got quite a good recording of it, but it's very simple, it's just guitar and a beat. Um, when those guys joined in, like almost immediately, I felt like it sounded amazing, even though they don't. Well, it's not a, f- a complete rendition of the song because they were still learning when I'm going to the chorus or whatever, you know. But you could feel the vibe of what that song could be. And that was literally magical. It made me very, very happy. thought it f- sounded a bit... There's a bit of Zootons in there, in my opinion, in a very, very good way. We do like a little bit of Zootons. But just before we wrap things up, it's not quite over yet. Because just as I was about to say thank you to the guys and wrap everything up, I remember that, well... Earlier on in the episode, you may have heard that they invited me to come and watch them jam that very evening in a a venue that's quite near my house called the Brunswick in Hove, where there is a weekly Tuesday night jazz jam, which basically is really cool musicians on stage and other cool musicians sat in the audience patiently waiting to be given the nod to jump up for a few songs and... The band keeps changing all night, which is a right bit of me. Again, rotating band, just like... It's a beautiful thing to see. Someone, Someone's nailing it, whatever, and then they humbly step away. Someone else takes their place and plays in a very different style. So I went along to the Brunswick. Didn't Wasn't really sort of in night out mode or, or musical mode, because uh, I was still buzzing from the podcast. But I turned up in my jogging bottoms and a t-shirt that had a grease stain near one of my the fatter of my two nipples 
and I just loved it. I just loved the the atmosphere. So here's a little clip of um, I can't tell you what the tune is because I'm not a jazz dude. This is the vibe, right? So, a wonderful night that takes place every week. These things happen all over the country, by the way. Like, going to a jazz jam is actually a, a really, really chill, beautiful thing. Which, I, you know, I've seen jazz before, but it was like, ah, fuck, this is on my doorstep every Tuesday. Noted. I shall be coming back to see these ace people. And then they um, asked me if I'd sing and I was like, oh, I mean, I'd love to sing. Absolutely. Yes, please. But like, maybe I don't know anything, you know, you know, like I felt a little bit intimidated as well because they were all brilliant. But then we rattled off some classic kind of crooning type songs. And I know I know a fair bit of Sinatra, Tony Bennett, all that kind of stuff. So I ended up saying, what about My Funny Valentine? One of my favourite old school songs. And they were all like, yeah, of course we can play that. And I was like, wow. So, yeah, they got me up. And here we go. Hello. How are we all? Before we sing this... I just want to tell you guys that uh, two years ago I came to Brighton and Ho for a day out where my life was in a pretty bad place. I lived far away in a remote village. And I went for a walk along the beach and I went in rock water. And this man was playing the guitar and the sea was out of every window you could look at. And I thought, I should live here and do some music. And here we are. Walked in tonight and saw him and I was like, great. This guy last week, and we did a podcast and a little recording this morning, didn't we? We did. So it's been a, a, a day of jazz for me, out of nowhere. Sorry, sorry, I'm, sorry, I'm dressed like I'm working uh, quick save. This is my funny Valentine.
not if you care for me. Just an absolutely delectable end to a wonderful day. I felt so happy. I usually have never sung that song with anything higher than like a karaoke track. In fact, it's in my repertoire when I do pub gigs. I can't play it on guitar. I do my shameless karaoke bit for the last sort of half an hour. But that was like, that's the dream, man. Standing on stage with professional jazz musicians, with all the dynamics and the feel and the the realness of the fact that everyone's just sort of fucking making it up. I love the trumpet solo. Absolutely glorious. So, yeah, if you haven't guessed by now, I am now like way, way deeply in love with this podcast format. Join me on patreon.com forward slash stupid hearts club if you want to hear more Busking Chronicles. There's going to be one a, one a month. I've already got other amazing guests lined up, including James Walsh, formerly of Star Sailor, or actually still is in Star Sailor, but he's now also a solo artist. And an amazing music producer that I met in Soho last week who completely, you know, randomly got chatting to a guy full of music stories. And I'm like, oh, my God, I now have a vehicle to collect all these wonderful people. There's also a lot of Brighton talent where I live, Brighton and Hove, that I've got lined up. Can't wait for you to hear the likes of Fukushima Dolphin. Or if I can get them, Atomic Daisy Chain, a recently formed rock band. I mean, I'm just so excited about this, guys. It's it's just wonderful. So I hope you enjoyed your free sample episode of the Buskin Chronicles. Meanwhile, you guys listening for free out in the wild, wherever you find your podcasts. The next next week and the week after, you'll probably get classic Stupid Hearts Club episodes with a couple more of my funny friends. <laughs> and then there's going to be an, uh, the next Tea and Empathy episode coming out, and that's going to be great. I don't know who I'm talking to yet, but that's the beauty of it. Tea and Empathy is a podcast where literally I'm going to be sitting in a cafe and someone's going to walk in, and I'm going to have a lovely human conversation with someone I don't know. That's a lot of fun. Again, if you've not heard that, there is one sample episode up here in... Uh, in normal podcast world but if you want to like get involved and hear it every month I won't repeat myself but yeah that'll be on Patreon so that is it from me for now signing off a very very happy inspired boy 
slash man, I am quite old, who has rediscovered his mojo in so many ways since moving to Brighton and Hove. Thanks for listening. See you later. And remember, something's got to give. Jazz, baby. It's jazz. Remember, if you love the show in a deep and probably unhealthy way, you can help support it on an ongoing and stalky basis on patreon.com forward slash stupid hearts club. Uh, your choice. See you soon, you internet weirdos. I'm, I'm one. <laughs>